بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد سبحانك لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا إنك أنت العليم الحكيم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي Continuing with our lesson on adab and etiquettes of Islam, which are the ways of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we're discussing on page 55, arriving from a journey. What is a sunnah method of carrying out one's duties at the time of arriving from a journey? If you are traveling to visit someone, or if you are about to receive guests, whether those in question are your parents, relatives, peers, or friends of a different age, make sure that your hands, feet, socks, are clean and your appearance and clothing are neat. So this is for all from the etiquettes of Sharia, that if you are going to meet someone, whether it be somebody that's close to you, like your parents who know you very well, or close relatives, or maybe colleagues, <coughs> and even if we are close, it doesn't mean that we need to be untidy. Also ensure that your attire befits the occasion, and the one you are meeting because cleanliness and the appearance which is orderly and harmonious brings pleasure to the eye. So the person that we are going to meet, we should ensure that the attire is suitable for the occasion. Uh, if, if it is a person of uh, importance, somebody senior, then we should not be dressed in clothing that we normally wouldn't meet uh, that type of people with. We should keep in mind the cleanliness and the appropriate attire for the occasion. And then the author says, never undermine the importance of your appearance, for that would certainly mar the pleasure of the meeting. So sometimes a person feels that it's not so important for me to dress appropriately, and the guest becomes uncomfortable because of the way uh, the, the person is dressed. So it would mar the pleasure of, mar means it would spoil the pleasure of the meeting while dulling the enjoyment of those who you meet. In this regard, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam directed his companions upon returning from a journey. Once Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam advised the Sahaba, and this hadith came previously in the book, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, إِنَّكُمْ قَادِمُونَ عَلَىٰ إِخْوَانِكُمْ That you are on your way to meet your brothers. فَأَحْسِنُوا لِبَاسَكُمْ وَأَصْلِحُوا رِحَالَكُمْ حَتَّى تَكُونُوا كَأَنَّكُمْ شَامَةٌ فِي النَّاسِ so then don a good dress, in other words, wear good clothing and repair your conveyance so that you appear distinct amongst people as a beauty spot on the body. So this is what Rasulullah wanted people to dress appropriately, that people would look at them and say that this is a Muslim, this is a person following Sayyidina Muhammad Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not like indecency in manner and conduct. So one is being indecent in the way we dress, and this is important that when a Muslim dresses, the dress code is one of, of decency and haya. Rasulullah states, Al-haya'u shu'batun min al-iman. This is a branch of our iman. Especially uh, if, a, if it is a, a male or a man coming to the masjid, we should ensure that uh, the dress code is in accordance with sharia. Sometimes a person wears a shirt in salah and going into ruku and sujood, the rear uh, is exposed, which is which means the aura and the satr of the person is exposed, which invalidates and breaks the salah, because an integral part of the salah is that the, the person should be covered properly uh, throughout the salah. So uh, being dressed appropriately 
and to conduct oneself appropriately is um, amongst the teachings of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Then continuing, <coughs> the author says, try to offer a gift to your host. So when you're visiting somebody, uh, it, it, it would be a sunnah for you to, to take something small as a gift to the person who has invited you. And likewise, present your guests with a present in exchange for theirs, uh, because exchange, exchanging of gifts on joyous occasions adds to its delight. So for the person who's visiting, he should, even if it is something small, if it be a, a small bottle of perfume or some small gift, even a miswak, as we'll see Imam al-Bukhari mentioned, even if it be a miswak, a stick, so that, which is a tooth stick, uh, you give a person that gift who you are visiting, and that person should reciprocate. In other words, that person should also try to give you something. Well, him entertaining you itself is ikram. But uh, exchanging of gifts, um, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said, exchange gifts and thereby acquire the love of each other. Tahadaw, tahabbu. This hadith is narrated by Imam al-Bukhari in his book, Al-Adab al-Mufrad. Al-Adab al-Mufrad is a book of Imam al-Bukhari besides Bukhari Sharif. Sahih al-Bukhari is his famous book. Besides that, there's also a book of hadith which Imam al-Bukhari has compiled known as Al-Adab al-Mufrad. So this is frequently we'll see in our ta'alim also. This book has been quoted quite a bit. So the hadith is tahadaw, tahabbu. Tahadaw is from the word hadiyah, that exchange gifts. And that is a two-way. This word in Arabic works two, two ways, from mufa'ala. In other words, you give, and the person that receives also should give, both ways. It's not just one person gives all the time and the other one receives all the time. It's both ways. Tahabbu. If we do this, then Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, love will increase for one another. Sometimes when there is something in the heart towards somebody and you feel that person doesn't like me or there's something we suspect in our hearts, then the, the good way to get rid of that the suspicion and that uh, thing we feel in our heart towards somebody is to give them a hadiyah, to give them a gift, and gradually it will develop into a friendship. And this is why we are taught in Sharia, Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anh says, Ahbib habibaka hawnamma, asa ayyakuna baghidaka yawmamma. That when you uh, befriend somebody and you like somebody, then you should befriend them and like them with moderation. You shouldn't go overboard in being so close to them that you cannot do without them. Because perhaps one day there could be some problem which develops and then you become uh, strangers towards one another and, and, and there's a type of enmity which develops. And similarly he says, And when you are not compatible with somebody and you maybe you, you, you feel that there's a, there's a, there's a gulf uh, between you and someone, you can't get along with that person, then don't hate the person completely that, you know, this person is beyond repairs and I'm, I'll, never, uh, I'll never speak to them until the day I die. Those type of things shouldn't be done. We should have moderation in our uh, detachment also. He says, Perhaps one day that person will become your, your friend. And this is the, the way Rasulullah sallam was instructed in the Quran, that we, when somebody is hard towards you, ahsan that you display a uh, good character to repel that which is evil. Then it will result in that one who had enmity between them, they would, they would become bosom friends and close friends. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, but only people who have sabr can do this. So 
if we want love to, in, to increase, one of the methods, and another method Rasulullah taught us is to make salam <coughs> towards one another. When we meet, we say, Assalamu alaikum, not to just say, how's it, and you know, the type of greetings that we have nowadays. To say salam is a means of uh, instilling love in the hearts of the mu'mineen. Our predecessors used to leave their house with a gift. So if, if, if in the predecessors, the ulama of the salaf, it was the habit that if they visited somebody, they would leave a gift uh, with, the, with the person who has entertained them. Even if it was something as simple as a miswak. So a miswak, the tooth stick, it might be simple in its appearance, but in reality it is something very valuable because Rasulullah said that the salah performed with a miswak is 70 times more rewarding than the salah performed without miswak. So uh, uh, the, the, the reward of a miswak is that a person, the greatest reward is that at the time of death, Allah gives the person the tawfiq to say shahada. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that the siwak is mardatun lil-rabb, is something which pleases matharatun lil-fam, it cleans your mouth, mardatun lil-rabb, and it pleases Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it sharpens the eyes, it, it, it uh, cleanses the mouth, it is a means of removing phlegm, and uh, it keeps the mouth clean. And this is why Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when the Sahaba described him, they always said that his teeth were exceptionally white and clean. Constantly, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would use the miswak. At the time of wudu, before salah, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would use the miswak. And this is something which we, uh, which we are losing. Um, sometimes people ask, well, if I use a toothbrush, do I get the reward of miswak? <laughs> so the ulama say, that if you use a toothbrush with your toothpaste, um, you do get reward because there's two separate sunnah. One sunnah is the sunnah of cleaning the mouth. And the second sunnah is the sunnah of using the, su the masnoon miswak, the stick. So it's two separate sunnahs. So if you're using a toothbrush and toothpaste, then you are cleaning your mouth and you get the reward of one sunnah. Because it is also sunnah to ensure that your mouth is clean. But if you use the miswak, then you get the reward of both, both the sunnah. <coughs> Continuing on page 56, the author says, rights of the guests and duties of the host. If you, are, if you are having a guest overnight, be hospitable and generous. So take into consideration the type of, of guest you have, somebody that uh, is visiting you. Then we don't tell them, no, no, just sleep on the floor there in the lounge. Or, you know, it's okay. We need to make them comfortable and be generous. Now, this was other Sahaba it also, this does not mean that you should exaggerate when providing food and drink for your guests. So it should be with moderation. So you don't go overboard in preparing so much food that you know the person won't be able to eat. The other thing is that you also should ensure that you prepare food which you know the guest can eat. Sometimes people prepare food that they like, but they don't inquire whether the guest can, so the person might be sickly, might be having diabetes or he's got sugar, and now everything is enough to send the person to hospital. So the intention of, of the, uh, entertaining the guest is ikram, to make them comfortable, not to uh, have them admitted into hospital. So moderation without excess is the sunnah. You should try your best to make your guests stay pleasant and comfortable during their stay, uh, during, during their state of being awake or asleep. So whatever they're doing, whether they're awake or they're asleep, whatever they need, you should try. Uh, this is also a virtue mentioned in hadith Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, 
a person who has iman in Allah and the day of Qiyamah, he should honor and respect his guest. So this is something. Uh, another thing we find, you know, like sometimes we have guests and uh, they're sitting down to eat, then the host takes the, the platter and he starts dishing into the plate of the, of the guest. Bismillah, eat. Now, you don't know if the person wants to eat that, uh, that food, that particular dish, or how much they want to eat. Maybe they're not used to it. So allow them to be comfortable and dish what they are comfortable with, rather than um, you know, forcing people and say, no, 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 you have to eat. And I'll just share with you, one of our students at the Darul Ulu many years ago, uh, he's an alim now, he's from Thailand. So they went in Jamaat to one place in Pakistan, okay? And uh, the people there are known to be very hospitable, Sarhad. So it was all youngsters. And uh, when they came to the first masjid, um, one brother came and, he's, uh, and he brought the food. And the food came from 22 houses, mashallah, for a jamaat of 10 people from 22 houses. So they were eating and they, alhamdulillah, they ate to their full. And when they were finished, they lifted their hands. And they said, Alhamdulillah, we are done. So that uncle says, no, no. You've got to eat all this food. We brought this food here. You are you our guest. You have to eat all this food. So they said, no, Jazakallah, Alhamdulillah, we had, you know, we enjoyed the food. It was a good meal. And we we full. So he took out the Klashenkov. And he pointed the gun. He said, I'm making you ikram. You better eat this food, otherwise we make you shaheed in the dastarkhan, on the table. So that's ignorance. How do you how do you respect the guest by forcing him to? So then they had to call some of the. These are the tribal people who don't have much adab and culture in them. So they think because we made the food, the guest must eat everything. So this is why the you know, Sheikh Abdul Fattah says moderation uh, without excess that is sunnah. There should be a'tidal. Anything when it goes beyond moderation. It becomes harmful. So, uh, eating with moderation, like Rasulullah ate, is beneficial. And eating uh, in excess becomes a person feels bloated and the person feels, uh, you know, all stuck inside, and it's unhealthy as well. So, we should ensure that they are comfortable when they are awake and when they are asleep. Inform your guests of the direction of qibla and show them the way to the bathroom and the place of wudu. This is very important. So a guest comes, the first thing we need to show them is in the room that they are staying, which is the direction of Qibla. Because it shouldn't be that perhaps they got one salah outstanding and now everybody goes to sleep and they don't know what to do because they don't want to come into your house and knock on the doors. They don't know where your room is. And uh, now call out uh, for the sahibul bayt, the person of the house, uh, and wake up everybody for their salah. They, so they inconvenience, in fact, because they don't know which way to perform salah. And also, we need to show them where the bathroom is because at night, if there is a need for them to relieve themselves, show them where the place of wudu is. This is all the basic etiquettes of uh, how to entertain a guest. So it's not just that, okay, sleep there, that's your room. There's other needs also attached to uh, what a guest requires. Then on page 57, Sheikh Abdul Fattah says, when you offer your guest a towel after a shower, wudu or washing hands after meals, make sure that the towel is clean. Another towel that has been used, all the children are playing outside and they use the same towel to wipe their hands and their mouths and all the 
toothpaste and the cereal and the rice and everything is on the towel. And now the guest is there and the same towel is offered to the guest. Do not offer towels you and your family members have used. It is also a good idea to offer guests some perfume and a mirror. Because when the guest wants to go out, they might need to just uh, dress up and uh, check the appearance. So this would also be a good idea, as the author says. Make sure the toiletries and the bathroom accessories um, they will be using are clean and sanitized. So make sure that the place that you are giving them to use as a bathroom is clean and it is good enough for them to use. Uh, before leading your guests to the bathroom, inspect it and remove everything you don't want your guests to see. That's also very important. So there might be things in the bathroom, sometimes something is hanging uh, to dry, um, inner clothing, and it's inappropriate for, for guests just to you just leave it there and then the guests see all those clothing which is, uh, and it's awkward for them also and it's awkward for uh, the, the host as well. So before uh, the guest goes to the bathroom, go and check and make sure everything is out of sight and everything is neat and tidy. Your guests may need to rest, uh, may need some rest and a quiet sleep. Spare them the noise of the children and the noise of the house as much as possible. This is, this you can only do as much as possible. Those of us who've got small children know that it's not always easy to keep children quiet, but to the best of our ability, uh, we should try to take that into consideration. Uh, the author says, uh, remove female clothing and belongings from their view. So when there are things which are of a personal nature, which uh, uh, our mothers and sisters wear, or anything which they, our, our family would feel uncomfortable with, if the guest sees, or anything the guests would be uncomfortable seeing. This is a desirable practice that will leave you both feeling comfortable. So everybody will feel at ease. When they go and they say this, everything is, the cupboards are closed, the, whatever is in the bathroom is out of sight, then they, they will be comfortable and we wouldn't feel, hey, did we hang that up, did we close that? Is there still something wet hanging in the bathroom? So the host also becomes uneasy, the family people are also uneasy. These things are important aspects of adab and etiquette we keep in mind, inshallah. When meeting your guests, serve them with tact and respect. With tact means use hikmah. Think what is appropriate, uh, what it would be appropriate to offer uh, at a particular time. So it should be done respectfully as well. Dress properly and, and look your best, but do not overdo it. Do not exaggerate as well. So because there's a guest, it doesn't mean now you have to wear uh, wedding clothing and that type of, you, you, you just have to present yourself in a beautiful way which is normally done and expected. The close relationship between you is no excuse for negligence in your manners or looks. Imam al-Bukhari rahimahullah in al-Adab al-Mufrad reported that our forefathers used to dress appropriately when visiting one another. He says, كَانَ السَّلَفُ إِذَا تَزَاوَرُوا تَجَمَّلُوا كَانَ السَّلَفُ إِذَا تَزَاوَرُوا تَجَمَّلُوا When they would visit one another, they would ensure that the appearance is beautiful. On page 58, Sheikh Abdul Fattah says, if you visit a relative or friend, <coughs> you should be considerate of your host's circumstances and work commitments. Now, if you're visiting somebody, you should also ensure that you take into consideration this man has also got a job, he's got to go to his business and he's got his work. And now you decide to come for, for two weeks, you know, and he's got his own commitments. He might be invited somewhere to go somewhere. Now he's, he's feeling embarrassed to tell you that I also need to go somewhere. So you need to take into consideration the circumstances and the work commitments. Shorten as much as possible the duration of your stay by him, since every person has various duties, obligations, and responsibilities, some of which 
may not be known to you. So maybe you don't know what other meetings he's have. He has, he's got arrangements and other commitments. And uh, by us staying long, it makes him uncomfortable. Be considerate of your host and help them with their duties. When you're staying with somebody, then it doesn't mean you must sit like a, like a prince or a royal family member and don't do anything. You can help and clear the table. You can you know, assist them in the basic things. It would not be against anybody's dignity. So house chores and obligations. While at your host's house, do not inspect and ex examine every corner of the house. So some people also have this habit. If they go into the bathroom, then you want to open the cabinet and see what's in there. It's a, there's a word for it. People have this um, curiosity. It's like an itch. They, they, they don't get happy, uh, satisfaction until they don't see what is where. You know, open the cupboard, the bathroom cupboard, the bedroom cupboard. This is in, against the etiquette and adab of a Muslim. So do not inspect and examine every corner of the house, especially when you're invited beyond the guest room. So if you've got a guest room, you stay in that area. If, if they invite you to some other part, maybe a dining room, then just... Uh, uh, keep yourself restricted to the places that you have been requested to to uh, enter, lest you see something that you're not supposed to notice. So if they haven't asked you to go in a particular room, then don't, out of curiosity, go and be inquisitive to inspect the other rooms of the house. In addition, do not bother your host by asking too many questions. So now, now you're visiting somebody, okay, where did you buy this? Okay, where did you buy this lounge? Where did you get this lamp from? Where did you buy this kettle? Where did you get the stove from? How much did the stove cost? Uh, how many cars do you have parked in your garage? And uh, how much did you pay? So too many questions. Uh, it, it makes the host uncomfortable, and it is also against the adab and etiquette that Rasulullah sallallahu taught us. So we do not ask too many questions about people's personal things. It is uh, something below the dignity of a Muslim. The next chapter we have is a very important chapter on page 59. It's visiting the sick, the adab and etiquette of visiting the sick. So Sheikh Abdul Fattah says, it is the right of your Muslim brother and obviously brother and sister that you visit them during the time of illness. And the ulama say, even if it be like a person is suffering from a serious headache or a person has got a cold, or that is also included in a sickness. Don't say, no, no, a cold is not a sickness. Any type of sickness in which a person is unwell, it would be sunnah to visit that person and we get the reward of 70,000 malaika making dua for us, 70,000. So if you, if you go maybe like now, a uh, person goes to visit for five minutes, goes and visits a sick person, and uh, gives them a good word, gives them some comfort, and goes home. Then till tomorrow morning at Fajr, there are 70,000 malaika making dua for that person. And if you go in the, in the morning, then till the evening, 70,000 malaika. So uh, he says further on, on the second line on page 59, this will enhance and nourish the bond of Islam and brotherhood between you. It will strengthen the relationship between people when you visit them, when people are sick, they're feeling down, and you, you give them support at that time. Those are types of uh, help and support which, which uh, means a lot to people. You know, it's easy for me to talk and say, do this, do that. But at the time when a person is in need, somebody goes there and just puts their hand on the shoulder of the sick person and says, inshallah, Allah will give you shifa, be patient. It is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That person will appreciate that so much more than 10 lectures of any alim. Because these are things... Uh, uh, which shows the sympathy in the heart of a Muslim for his fellow Muslim brother or sister. The rewards for this are so great that they cannot be overlooked by one who wishes to increase his good deeds. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said in a hadith, إِنَّ الْمُسْلِمْ إِذَا عَادَ أَخَاهُ الْمُسْلِمِ When a Muslim visits his sick brother, لَمْ يَزَلْ فِي خَرْفَةِ الْجَنَّةِ حَتَّى يَرْجِعَا 
he will remain in the khurfa of, of paradise until he returns. Then, Qila, Ya Rasulullah, Rasulullah was asked, What is the khurfa of Jannah? What is the khurfa? Rasulullah said, The harvest of paradise. In other words, the person is getting so much reward, it's as if he's walking in the, the harvest and the crops of, of Jannah, in the, the meadows of Jannah. That's how much reward he's getting. And further on, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, one who goes walking to visit a patient continues to sink in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Man aada maridan lam yazal yakhudu fi rahmati Yakhud means like a person, not like a person walking into, you're going into the beach, into the water. So as he's walking, his body is, this is how the rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala surrounds a person who's going to visit a sick person. It's as if he's entering an ocean of, of rahmah. And then حَتَّى يَجْلِسَ فَإِذَا جَلَسَ إِغْتَمَسَ فِيهَا So Rasulullah said, one who goes visiting a sick patient or a sick person continues to sink in the mercy of Allah. And when he sits down for a little while to greet that person, he will be totally immersed in the mercy of Allah. It's like a person who goes into that water and now he goes underwater and he submerges his head and the water is over, over his head. The person who visits the sick person, as he's going, it's like he's entering into an ocean of the rahmah of Allah. And when he sits down next to the sick person that he intends visiting, it's as if now the rahmah of Allah has surrounded him completely. That's besides the dua that the malaika make. So we can imagine how much benefit there is in visiting the sick. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the ability to practice on, on this as well. Then he says, forget not that there are certain etiquettes which will make your visit to an ill person a refreshing and a morale boosting one for him or her. By abiding by these etiquettes, you will assist in easing his pain and you will also make him more conscious of the rewards that he will, you will gain in return for him being patient during his suffering. So, uh, Sheikh Abdul Fattah is mentioning some of the adab which is from the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. By abiding by, the, to, by these adab and etiquettes, you will find that it will be a good experience for us to visit the sick person and it... In, also, it will have a good effect on the person that we are intending to visit. Because sometimes we want to visit and do good, but then we cause harm to the person who is sick because we sit there for a long period of time. And this is what he mentions in the next, on the next page. Uh, we'll just, how much time we have left? Huh? Three minutes. Okay, I'll just quickly try to go through The length of the visit. When visiting a sick person, make your visit brief. Sick persons may not be able to withstand such long visits. The length of the visit should not be longer than the duration that the Imam sits between the two khutbahs on a Friday. So short. This is Assalamu Alaikum. I hope you are well. May Allah give you a shifa. May Allah make it easy if you need anything. This is a few words. A few words. You don't have to sit long and say, okay, I'll have tea, inshallah. No, no, I'll have coffee. Yeah, okay, samosas is fine. I'll have. Now they have to prepare everything inside and uh, make you comfortable. It is said that the etiquette of visiting a patient is that you utter your greetings and immediately after you bid farewell to him. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. And then you greet and then you go. There's a, there's a poem here, Husnul Iyadati Yawmun Bayna Yawmaini, that uh, the best visit is the one which is in between two days. Waqa'ud qalilan kamithli al-lahdi bil-aini. And remain seated for the blink of an eye. So you just sit for a little while and no long uh, chatting. Wala tabrumanna alilan fi masailihi with many questions do not bother the patient don't ask him okay so what did the doctor say 
Oh, you, oh you now people start ask, asking questions. They upset the, the, the patient even more. And a, a question as brief as two or three words is sufficient. So two or three words means, how are you? How are you? That's, if that's sufficient. Oh, may Allah cure you. As he says, that's enough. We just say those few words. May Allah give shifa. May Allah make it easy. Rather than asking too many questions and putting the person under difficulty. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq. We'll continue with this, inshallah, discussing the etiquettes of how to visit a sick brother or sister. And uh, this will be a means of, uh, of, of us uh, make, uh, making it easy for them also and, and also not causing any inconvenience while visiting them. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin.